Amen. Thank you so much, Sean. Sean's one of our elders here at uh, Lake Point Church. And um, Terry, our associate pastor, discipleship pastor, is, um, and his wife Diane are still out of town and uh, on a much-needed vacation. So uh, they'll be back next week. In fact, he it better be back next week because he's preaching next week. Um, and what we're doing over the, the, the course of July is um, we're not focusing on a series per se. Uh, we are doing a lot of just standalone sermons. And basically what, what God is, is, has been teaching us uh, in our, basically our time of the Lord, our quiet time. And so actually what I'm going to be sharing with you today is something that as I've been reading through uh, 1 Kings and um, a passage that uh, re- uh, just recently stuck out to me as it has done in the, pa- in the past when I've read it. But just some uh, neat things about this passage that I feel like the Lord wants us to settle in on and to, uh, and to, uh, to glean from it. And uh, so we, uh, we do invite you to turn in your uh, Bible, your uh, printed copy or digital copy, it doesn't matter, to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. And um, let me set this up uh, for you. Today's message is entitled Living in Freedom. Of course, we, have, we celebrate our, our country's freedom declaration this coming um, Wednesday, nope, Tuesday, and um, so just here in a couple of days, but there's more to it than just, um, you know, freedom uh, from, uh, from tyranny and, uh, and oppression. Uh, there is, um, there's some more things we can glean from that on a spiritual level, and so, um, so as we look at this, this, this particular passage is about the prophet Elijah. Now, I love Elijah. Now, what's really interesting about Elijah is Elijah does not have his own book, like Isaiah and, and all, the other, you know, all the other prophets that, that have books. He doesn't have his own book. Uh, but he, he, his walk with the Lord and how the Spirit rests upon him is utterly amazing. What God does to this man is, is incredible. And so, Elijah is the prophet of Israel uh, several years after King David and King Solomon. So David and Solomon ruled over uh, a combined kingdom, Judah, which is the southern kingdom, and Israel, which is the, the northern kingdom, and it's all part of the children of Israel. And so after several years of kings just not really doing things, living for the Lord as David had done, um, God just really kind of separated, allowed that separation. There was a northern kingdom of Israel, southern kingdom of Judah. And, uh, and uh, this particular uh, prophet, Elijah, uh, was God's man during that time for the northern kingdom of Israel. And um, the king at that time was King Ahab. Now, the Bible says that Ahab did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those kings before him, any of those kings. So imagine, imagine if you have a, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't use this, imagine if you have a president <laughs> who, um, who comes into office and does really, really bad things worse than any other president in, in history. And I'm not talking about policies and stuff, I'm just talking about living his life, okay? And, um, and it's kind of like how, what was happening with King Ahab. And even, even worse, Ahab married this wicked woman named Jezebel. This Jezebel woman. And in fact, the, um, 
the Bible uses Jezebel, the name, as sort of like a spirit, the spirit of Jezebel, just an evil spirit. And, um, and so he married her, and not only that, he went further, he actually built uh, worship temples for false gods, like the false god of Baal. And so God's like, what are you doing? Why are you a, a man in leadership to a, a, a country, a family that I had set apart to show my blessings and show my favor, and you are leading your country to sin. And so in response to that, here's what Elijah did. Elijah shared a word from the Lord that rain would not fall on Israel until he said so. No rain on Israel until he said so. Then Elijah went away for about three years. Now imagine, if we didn't have rain for three years. Now here in Georgia, there's been some droughts before. I grew up in Texas, and Texas has even worse droughts. In fact, you know, go to West Texas, and, uh, you know, the tumbleweeds and all that stuff, it's, it's real. <laughs> and if they don't uh, have rain a lot, uh, a lot of times, and, and, and it's it had a dry spell, even just for a couple of weeks, it, it, it's horrible. Well, this was three years without rain. So I, after this sort of three-year, quote, vacation, Elijah made his way back to the capital of Israel where the evil king Ahab went to meet him. And that's where we're going to pick up. So we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 17 through 20. Verse 17 through 20. And it says this, when he, that's the king Ahab, when he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? How is that way to talk to a man of God? You troubler of Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now, summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver from between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. So you have this sort of scene setting up. And remember, there's been, there's been famine for three, three years. There's been no rain, drought for three years. And this King Ahab, evil king, and his worst evil wife, they, um, they had these prophets of Baal, and even some of these other prophets, they even had, had them over for dinner, even sat at their table. And so these were prophets of false gods, and this is exactly what God did not want to happen. In fact, the first commandment of the ten, thou shalt not have no other gods before me. And so... Here we have this sort of showdown, and it's obvious that the Israelite leaders have strayed away from the, the days of King David who walked in the fear of the Lord. Now, what's really interesting is this. They have the freedom to do so. They have the freedom to do so. They're living in freedom. Yeah, the king is living in freedom. God gives them that freedom. Sure, 
You can walk in the ways of, of the wicked. You can, you can serve other gods. You can build temples to other gods. You can encourage prophets for other gods. Sure, you have the freedom to do so. You can walk in that freedom. Have the freedom to choose life however you wish. You know, this reminds me of our current state here in America. We have freedom to live how we want. We have freedom to be whatever we want to be. But is that really freedom? Now, there are things that we enjoy about our freedom. Right now, we can worship in this school, in this public school. That is freedom. There are other countries that can't do that. They can't worship at all. So that is freedom. But you can also look at freedom as like, well, people have the freedom to live however they want and choose to, choose to be whoever they want and identify as whoever they want to be. But is that true freedom? You could probably agree that many people who think they're living in freedom are actually living in bondage. So what should we do about it? Elijah kind of gives us the answer. You call them out. You are to ask other believers, how long will you waver between two opinions? Now, there are people in the church, not, not just Lake Point Church, I'm talking the big C church, in the church and the bride, who I feel like have, have, have one foot in the Lord and one foot in the world. And I believe and we're seeing this right before our eyes. I believe the Lord is doing what Elijah said. It's like, how long will you waver between two worlds, between two gods? It's time to decide. And we're seeing even certain denominations, God has drawn the line, and denominations are splitting. Some conservative, some liberal. I'm not talking political. I'm talking belief and biblical principles. But you have, you have denominations splitting. You have churches splitting. You have families. And God is dividing it. Because he is saying now is the time. Which means we're getting much, much closer to where God's saying, all right, we're done. Everybody out of the pool. <laughs> right? We're done. I'm coming back for those who love me and have accepted me as Lord and Savior. Elijah then sets a stage for the ultimate showdown. He tells the prophets of Baal, build an altar and cut up a bull to place on it as a sacrifice. But don't light it. Don't light the fire. And he would do the same thing on his altar. The God who causes fire to fall from heaven is the one true God. Okay, so you have your altar. I'm my altar. We're going to build the altars. And don't light the fire, but, the, but the, the, the God who calls fire to fall from heaven on the altar is the one true God. Now, this is a very bold move of faith and obedience to the Lord. This is very bold. Now, obviously, Elijah feels like he's heard from the Lord and he's just doing what the Lord tells him to do. 
But he's doing it in front of not only all of Israel, but he's doing it in front of Ahab, the king, and he's doing it in front of 450 prophets of Baal and 400 other prophets of Asherah. So you have, you have 850 prophets, and you have one person. You have Elijah. And that's bold. How does this translate for 2023? What does this mean for us? In our time of high inflation, here's an example. In our time of high inflation, it's a move of faith to give the Lord our first increase, our first tithe, tithing, tithing meaning, meaning 10%. That is bold. In our culture of sexual confusion, it's a move of faith to stand firm on biblical principles of gender and marriage and even call them out when necessary. And I tell you, the, the, the people that have the, the most difficult time and pressure on this is our students, our current students in schools. There's so much that's bombarding them because they're living in a time as well as we are, but, but with their influential mind, they're living in a time that no matter where they turn, they can see the world's confusion and pushing an agenda down their throats, no matter where, where they look. When I was growing up, if we missed a show on TV, we missed it, <laughs> right? There was no going back. We missed it. And when I was growing up, if we didn't, if we didn't know anything about it, if we, if we didn't know something about how something worked, guess what? We just didn't know, <laughs> We didn't, there was no looking up how things worked, okay? When, when, when people wanted to sort of give their, their opinion and their lifestyle to us, we didn't really see it unless they were in the neighborhood and in our school. And we were the age back then when, when, when people did that, we'd beat them up. <laughs> Not me, but you know. So you have this this pressure on our students today. And for them to stand for biblical principles of traditional marriage between a husband and a wife, between a man and a woman, that is bold. That's like, that's like them telling their friends, all right, you have your altar, I have my altar. My altar is for the Lord God Almighty. And he is going to come through. He's going to come through. So it's a time for the showdown to commence. So let's turn to verse 26 through 29. Again, chapter 18. Jump on down to 26 through 29. So they took the bull given them and prepared it. These are the prophets of Baal. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. I love this. <laughs> he said, shout louder. He said, surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is asleep and must be awakened. <laughs> 
So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response, no one answered, no one paid attention. This is crazy. You know, evil will cause people to do crazy things. Have you noticed that? Evil will cause people to do crazy, crazy things. Even in our culture, we see this happening right now before our very eyes. Pride parades, participants yelling, we're coming for your children. Mm-mm. Naked homosexuals walking in parades in front of children. That's happened. Transvestites undressing on the front lawn of the White House with their fake stuff. On the lawn of the White House. That's crazy. Planned Parenthood tweeting, they tweeted this this week, quote, the idea of virginity comes from outdated ways of thinking that hurts everyone. You can look it up. The idea of virginity comes from outdated ways of thinking that hurts everyone. It's crazy. Have you noticed in the past three years, I think since COVID, it, it's gotten crazier. I mean, it has gotten... Now, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm not up here... I'm not up here talking like a political, this is nothing political. This is all spiritual. The enemy loves to take these spiritual items and move them into the political arena. Oh, yes, and he's done a great job of that. But this is not political. This is all spiritual. These are things that are evil, and evil makes people do crazy things. You look at that passage we just read. It's like, man, they're dancing around, slashing themselves, and all this stuff. That's crazy. Who would ever thought? Well, who would ever thought? Who would ever thought that we would be seeing the things that we're seeing right now? <laughs> hmm. These worshipers of Baal were living in freedom to do as they please. They were. They were living in freedom to do as well as they pleased, but they were bound. They were bound by evil. And there are people in this life living however they please, but they're blinded. They're bound. They are not walking in freedom. They are not living in freedom, true freedom. Elijah then built an altar and placed the pieces of bowl on top. He also added gallons of water over the altar that was supposed to set on fire from heaven. It was time for the Lord to act. So after several hours of all of this shenanigans and all of this, this craziness, it was in the evening, and, and Elijah's not gonna need a whole lot of time. In fact, just to sort of Make sure that people know it was God. Hey, uh, let's, pour some, let's pour some water on here. <laughs> let's pour gallons of water on this altar. 
Those, those prophets of Baal probably were thinking, what is he doing? So they poured gallons of water on this, and here we have in verse 36 through 39. And it says this. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. Now, this is, this is what he did. This is all he did. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. I sought the Lord, and he answered. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and all licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. When a showdown occurs between what is going on around us versus what we believe, Elijah gives us a formula for victory. At the center of that formula is this principle, and we see this throughout God's word, Old Testament, New Testament. Here's a principle that you can hang your hat on. God loves to show his power. God loves to show his power. We need to give God the opportunity to show his power. Have there been times in your life I'm going to be honest, or have in my life, is life that, that when something happened, that you felt like, oh man, I, how do I get out of this? That you leaned on your own understanding, the counsel of others, and, and all of that is good, but you just didn't seek the Lord first. I sought the Lord, and the Lord answered. He heard me. How many times have we missed the power of God because we didn't give him an opportunity to move? How many times have we missed the power of God because we didn't give him an opportunity to move? You say, well, Pastor Frank, when can God show his power? When things are really, really bad. When things are really, really bad. When you're... When you're in front of the Red Sea and the Egyptian army is behind you and you have nowhere to go, God has to come through. He has to. In fact, that's how you have to pray. God, you have to come through. You have to come through. There's no other way. When there is no way, he will make a way. He just wants to show his power in your life. And when he shows that power in your life, you can recall that and live a greater life of faith and obedience. Why? Because he showed his power. He answered. 
So church, we've got to walk in the power of God. And if there's no issue in your life that, that it is a dead end, I know you know someone who has a dead end in their life, and they just don't know what to do. Guess what? You can walk in power. You can believe with them. You can say, hey, we're going to pray together. And what a great opportunity, especially for those who don't know Christ. Maybe they're on the, on the, the fence and they haven't really accepted Christ as Savior yet, and, and God is using this, this oppor- as an opportunity to show forth His power. And if we don't move in that, and if we don't, uh, by faith, walk in and say, hey, this is the altar, we're going to pour water on it, we're going to watch the power of God flow, uh, fall down, and, and, and this is going to be something where he will move in power when there wasn't a way. And those lives are changed. So whether it's our life or somebody else's life, God wants us to move in power. Not by our ability, but by faith. By faith. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. Elijah could have stayed away. He could have just stayed away, hoping the situation would just go away. He could have just stayed where he was for the three years during the the drought. You know, we could ignore the troubles going on around us, hoping that they will disappear, or we can put God to the test and trust that he will come through. God loves taking tests. (laughs) And he passes them every time. God loves to take a test. Lord, I need you to handle this one. I need you to handle this one. My finances are in a wreck. There's no hope. My, my health is in a wreck. There's no hope. My relationships with my kids, my spouse, other family members, friends. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. The worse things become, the more we need the power of God to cause a breakthrough. Our country needs to turn our hearts back to him. I truly believe many people desire to do so. I do. I I really believe many people desire to turn to the Lord. They just don't know how. They don't think they're good enough, which is really weird because... (laughs) We don't, we don't need to come to church with our perfect lives. If you're perfect, raise your hand. Yeah, like I thought. Now yeah, none of us are. And, but it's, in our country, it's many leaders and a small percentage of vocal people driving the country further from the Lord and further into bondage to sin. Just like what we have this scene. We had millions of Israelites, the country of Israel. Yet only 1%, 2% maybe, of, of these prophets, of false gods, and these other leaders. 
And they were pushing the agenda. That's what's happening right before our eyes. We gotta call it out on it. But the way we do is we walk in power, God's power. We pray, we seek the Lord, we ask the Lord, God, please come and heal our land. Please come and heal our land. In the meantime, Christians, we need to walk in freedom. Freedom to oppose sin and to confront sin. We need to have the freedom to oppose sin and to confront sin. And freedom to ask God to move in power. But it's gonna take the spirit of the Lord. As I close, this verse here in 2 Corinthians 3.17, very short passage. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Elijah had freedom. He had the spirit of the Lord on him. He had freedom to be bold and to call out evil for what it is. And if you finish reading where we left off, you'll see it did not go well with the prophets of Baal. But we need to walk in true freedom. We need to live a life of freedom. So I want to encourage you, church. With all this stuff that's going on, we've got to live like what we believe. We've got to follow Christ. We need to ask him to move in power in our lives, in our country, in our leaders. Because I'm telling you something. Have you seen the dividing line? Have you seen the dividing line? There, there's something about to just go down. <laughs> we see the dividing line very, very clear, even on our Supreme Court, which praise God for some great rulings this week. But we see the dividing line everywhere. And so my question to you is this, the same thing that Elijah asked. How long will you waver between two opinions? How long will you waver between two opinions? Do you have a foot in the world and a foot in the Lord? It ain't gonna happen. Revelation, God says, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. Another, another terminology, another translation is I'm gonna throw you up. You make me want to gag. So, now I'm not saying that if you make mistakes. I'm not saying if you make mistakes. I'm talking about if you intentionally say you're a believer, and if you live a life for him, but you, you just, you're not trying. You're, you're not spending time in prayer in, in God's word. 
you're not doing the things that God wants you to do. And to build that relationship, it's all about a relationship. So I encourage you, choose this day who you will serve. But as for me and my house and as me and my church, we're going we're gonna to serve the Lord. We are going to serve the Lord. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, our hearts are heavy for our nation, for our country. Lord, you've given us an opportunity to live in freedom. We could do whatever we want, sure, but there are consequences. And many people are living in that consequence. They are living in bondage. And there are a lot of crazy things happening right now, like we see in this story with Elijah. Lord, let us walk boldly to call out sin, to confront sin, but also to say a prayer of faith, to hear us, oh God. Hear us, oh God. Heal our land. Move in a mighty way. Let your church not be silent. Let your church rise up with authority of the Holy Spirit and to say, this is what we believe and this is how we're gonna live based on what we believe on biblical principles. I pray, Father, you give us a boldness, Lord, to do just that. Forgive us, Lord. We try to walk in our own power. Move in power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, just as a reminder, if you wanna um, go see um, the movie Sound of Freedom, it's a movie uh, about child trafficking. It's uh, put on and sponsored by Angel Studios, the same people that, that bring us the Chosen series. And uh, it's going to be here in Cartersville. And obviously, you can't go with this this week. You can go at various other times. But uh, we're going to be over there at 6 o'clock. The movie starts actually at 610. They're in Cartersville this Wednesday, Sound of Freedom. And um, it's getting a lot of great attention. And uh, so we invite you to come and, and, um, and be a part of that. We're uh, getting our students to go. I think it's a great movie for our students uh, to be made aware of, of what's really going on in the world. Because, you know, the media, they don't really show us everything. Have you noticed that? <laughs> the media, they don't, they don't show us everything. And so, um, but we invite you to come back next week. Um, and as we can uh, continue in these sort of standalone sermons. So you never know what you're going to get, right? And uh, so next week, um, I, w- I will be here, uh, but uh, Terry, Pastor Terry, will be preaching. And so we encourage you to invite a friend. And, uh, and as we have been saying the last few weeks, we don't have to set up chairs. And love you guys. We'll see you all next week. Thank you.